Hello and welcome to episode number 132 of Their Giants podcast. Uh, this is a really fun one and one I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, I got to sit down and talk with Rachel Rodriguez, who is the, the team nutritionist for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. We talked a little bit about her um, you know, journey to this position, uh, the changing nature of development, um, <laughs> just specifically how she uh, keeps, keeps muscle and weight on the athletes and... Uh, deals with the unique challenges of uh, young professional athletes getting the kind of fuel that their bodies need to to grow and perform at their best. Uh, this is something I know I've had some readers write in about, uh, wondering kind of th- this backstage sort of player development. So uh, I'm really excited that you get to hear some of what she's doing on a daily basis uh, and her interaction with the team. Uh, before we get to Rachel, I will say, as always, that There Are Giants is completely supported by my subscribers. So if you want to read daily reports on all these guys, if you want to hear more about Giants prospects, uh, that's easy to do. Just go to thereargiants.com and sign up to get daily reports. Uh, and with that, let's uh, let's talk with Rachel Rodriguez. Thanks, everyone. Okay, so, Rachel, um, I... I first want to just thank you for taking some time to talk with me. This is actually a real interest of mine for a long time. I obviously am very interested in minor league baseball. My wife is very interested in nutrition, so it's kind of a real sweet spot for me. Um, And it's also something that listeners have asked about. I I think people have a lot of questions about this area of player development, Mm -hmm. which was kind of ignored for a long time. I feel like this Mm -hmm. is something I was writing about 20 years ago. It's like, why aren't they giving these kids better food given that you know the body is really the engine of what they're doing um before we get into that um why don't you tell me kind of about your journey like how did you get from wherever you started to working for a baseball team it seems like a weird path for a nutritionist yeah yeah so um for me my journey first began with my interest in wanting to be in sports nutrition so I was a softball player back in high school went through an extensive knee injury and in order to get back on the field I had to prioritize recovery rehab and then also my nutrition so it's kind of how I got into it Uh, Fast forward into that interest took me into what I wanted to do in college and that was becoming a sports dietitian So in order to get there you had to do a bachelor's degree in an accredited program in nutrition and dietetics So I did that Indiana University of Pennsylvania And then once I finished my bachelor's degree there I moved on to my grad school and dietetic internship program and that was at Cedar Crest College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I obtained my master's in exercise science, got my accreditation to sit for my board certified exam after I accumulated uh, X amount of hours at my dietetic internship, and then passed my boards, ended up applying for jobs. I really built my resume up all throughout doing school and my undergrad and then also grad school, obtaining any experience I could with athletes, active gym goers, weekend warriors, and now I am here. So it's been a journey, but worth it so that was actually gonna be one of my questions whether you were an athlete first or you know a nutrition person Mm -hmm. first and kind of backed into athletics so when you were playing uh, did you play in college Uh, yes when you were playing Mm -hmm. were you the type of athlete that really really cared about you know kind of what you were putting into was this something that just Mm -hmm. was part of your life like being 
thinking about what you put into your body. Yeah, so it always was important to me. For me as an athlete, I was never someone who was maybe like super talented, if you will. I actually walked onto my college profession or college team. So um, for me, it was really utilizing any controllable factor I could to help me enhance my skills and earn me a spot in that starting lineup and earn me scholarship at the Division II level. So it really came as like kind of like a motivating factor. But I think because I had so much time studying it and implementing to my life, I also understood it. And I was studying it in college, right? So I understood it at like, I guess, a higher level than maybe others were exposed to who weren't getting the same education and college degree in nutrition as I was. Yeah. That, I mean, that kind of fits in with a lot of what this organization talks about, which is kind of winning at the margins. Mm -hmm. uh, and something I'm sure is interesting to a lot of the players here, because not everybody is the like super hyped athletic talent. These people will have to really think about how they find their competitive edges, right? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so fast forward from that, like how did you actually find the Giants or how did they find you? And what was it about that that, that felt like a fit for you? Yeah, so I... Once I passed my boards um, in December, I was applying for jobs and I found on LinkedIn that the Giants were hiring. And I vividly remember saying to myself, like, oh, should I apply? <laughs> like, no, I shouldn't. Like, this is so far fetched for me. But I was like, well, famous senior quote I had, one of my favorite athletes of all time, Wayne Gretzky, missed 100% of the shots you don't take. So there you go. I went ahead and I applied. I heard back from them within 48 hours. We started the interview process and uh, one thing led to another and they offered me the job, which was really awesome. But um, for me, it wasn't just taking the job because it was a good title. For me, it was taking a job at a really great organization, which is what the Giants facilitate. Um, they are very awesome with just having a good culture, a really great environment, making you feel welcomed and encouraging having um, females a part of their sports. So it's true. Mm -hmm. I, I assume that there's one uh, one of you at, at all the affiliates. Were you stepping into a kind of an established team, or was are a lot of the people coming in new mm -hmm. uh, to to the nutrition? Yeah, so every one of us do have, to some capacity, uh, sports nutrition backgrounds already. So, um, like I had mentioned, I passed my boards in December, but the grind for me of working in sports started when I was a freshman in college. So I always obtained opportunities, similar to my other uh, colleagues. They also had um, experience at that level, too, whether it was collegiate, some type of nutrition. One of our other dietitians um, worked for a uh, major league. She did one of her internships at, like, a major league basketball team, or... Yeah, I guess major basketball team, professional, yeah, professional basketball, basketball team. Professional basketball, sure. Um, so uh, for us, it was kind of, we were all placed, but we all had some type of background already in sports nutrition. Do you spend a lot of time with that group uh, talking, uh, and even maybe the like major league, uh, mm -hmm. part of the major league staff that's concerned with the nutrition? Yeah, so our team um, does collaborate very closely. Uh, for me, it's all remote, right? I'm in Richmond. Sure. <laughs> We're all really far from each other and traveling, but um, our organization does a really good job at making sure we are all achieving the same goals and working together as closely as we can, no matter what the distance is between. So, so let's talk about what you actually do here uh, for the club. And, and, and like I say, this is something that for years I was like, why are they letting these kids eat fast food all the time? Yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, the players, professional athletes, young professional athletes, mm -hmm. have very different nutrition needs and challenges than, mm -hmm. than I do, right? Right. So what are the kind of unique needs that you're trying to, to help these kids with on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, so I think one thing is kind of, in a, in a way, playing team mom and making sure <laughs> that they are eating. Um, it, they have such busy lifestyles, and 
it's sometimes not the first thing on their mind to get mm -hmm. a protein shake in or to make sure that we're having breakfast daily. So just being that really good accountability partner and if they weren't thinking a really simple way and being there as a tool to help them get a quick um, balance shake in, get a quick meal in, kind of bounce ideas off of. So I help them with navigating some of those challenges. I think what's really unique about um, working in minor league baseball is a lot of these guys may have um, got drafted out of high school or mm -hmm. never got to work with a dietitian. So I think it's really expected that many people think that um, their nutrition education level is really subpar and very high, but some people just haven't had the access to working with a dietitian or are used to really um, having food made for them at home. So they're learning all different new ways to navigate their nutrition and take their nutrition to the next level as well um, with them in their careers. I think one thing that probably surprised a lot of people is the struggle to maintain just weight and muscle mass uh, that some of these kids go through. Uh, is that something that you monitor or you just kind of like passively keep an eye on? Mm -hmm. How closely are you watching their weight level? Yeah, so we definitely want to make sure that these guys are maintaining their muscle mass throughout season and that presents its own challenges in itself. So part of this role is to help navigate where their weight is remaining, uh -huh. um, if there's any losses, if there's any positive trends with gaining weight, um, lean mass, especially with that muscle. So I do facilitate body composition testing. Um, my exercise science degree definitely helps facilitate that as well. Uh, that was my master's was in exercise science. So really <laughs> great background to have when we're thinking about weight and monitoring their weight trends. So. Um, we are definitely on top of it as an organization and making sure that these guys are progressing in the level that we want them to see or even if it is just they are performing well and we want them to really maintain that really great productive weight that they put on during spring training. Mm -hmm. I, I, how many times do you feed them like during the course of a day? What's kind of like your, your meal mm -hmm. schedule or even if it's like snack schedule? Yeah. So we provide um, a pregame and postgame meal. So we want to make sure that they're always really high, healthy options that are really balanced for these guys and fitting to their needs. Um, each guy does look differently of what their uh, meal times and snack times look like. Some guys have maybe like five to six meals and snacks a day uh, com in combination together. Some might have more, some might have less. So it's just depending on kind of what their needs are. Um, but we are giving them a pre and post game meal that is well suitable for seconds and allows them to have a choice of a healthy balanced option throughout the day. What are the kind of things that determine the how many and when for players? Is it uh, just personal preference? Is it whether they're in the lineup in a, that night or, mm -hmm. or what are the kind of things that, that make guys have different sort of schedules? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of it has to do with what they feel comfortable with. Um, Part of my job as a dietitian is working with them and meeting them where they're at. So some guys might not prefer to have as large of a meal before they're playing a game, or maybe they're okay with having um, large meals just not on the day that they have a pitching outing. So it's making sure that even uh, where they're at and what they prefer to eat as athletes, just making sure that we're still staying on top of those calories that they have to meet by the end of the day too. So utilizing other windows of time, maybe it's waking up earlier for a start day to get some more breakfast in so you have more hours to digest it. Uh, maybe it's utilizing a little bit more protein shakes and having a shake in addition to your dinner to be able to increase and enhance your protein status after game. So I guess it really just depends on where the guy is at and what his preferred uh, snack times and meal times are. So when I played football, I remember 
every week, uh, college football, 10 o'clock in the morning, we'd play at one, 10 o'clock in the morning, we'd have like a massive pasta and steak, uh -huh. like a big carb fest and a steak mm -hmm. about three hours before game time. That was a few decades ago. Yeah. So I'm assuming things have maybe moved off that since What is your thinking in terms of like time of meal to to event for sort of optimum energy uh, in their body? Sure, yeah. So it's definitely may seem like more of a complicated question than <laughs> probably what it poses itself to be. But when we think of digestion, digestion can happen up to four hours when we're digesting carbs and uh, proteins. But what these guys were, we provide them a meal is they are getting a full balanced meal in two hours before the game. And that balanced meal um, consists of lean proteins, vegetables, um, grains and there's some other things we do to making sure that they feel not as um, still I guess to make sure that they still feel able to perform well so making sure like fibers at a good level it's not too much because fiber takes a really long time to digest so just making sure that we're on top of what we're feeling them with and being aware of those nutrients that are in each meal how do you I mean just in terms of uh, you know, taste and, and, and yumminess, which is an important part of eating, right? Yeah. How do you deal with the fact that you have people from different, you know, countries, different cultures, different backgrounds, people mm -hmm. who probably have a lot of different uh, assumptions in their head about what kind of food they really like? Yeah. Uh, how do you try and satisfy just all the tastes that are in, across a big roster like this? Yeah, that's a really good question. So cultural food preferences is a thing. Um, we have a lot of Latin guys that enjoy a lot of Latin foods that aren't as maybe accessible in Richmond, Virginia. Um, we also have a lot of guys that are from all over the U.S. and those come with a lot of their own cultural food preferences as well. So the best, best way that I've been navigating that and it's just really keeping in close communication with my guys. Are you guys liking this meal? What can we add? What can we change? And then also throwing in mixes throughout the week, adding uh -huh. in, trying to add in a Latin cuisine one time a week or two times a week, trying to add in some different uh, types of food that these guys are enjoying and especially utilizing the cultural food preferences that are at unique places when we travel. When we're going up to Portland, we can try and figure out some ways to get some good lobster rolls in. But, I mean, food is a, actually a great sort of cultural mixer, right? A great way to bond. Do you find mm -hmm. that, that part of your program like helps guys you know, bond with each other's cultures and like I used to grow up eating this and kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of great conversations and kind of debates on food for me i'm from jersey so it's always the bait over taylor ham and pork roll and the rest of the nation's like what is even that i have no idea so it's always a great way to kind of ask we actually have um in our kitchen we do like this or that polls and uh -huh. it will be like crunchy peanut butter over creamy peanut butter so it is a good way to bond and kind of start some like fun conversations over what the guys prefer and just kind of our own like feelings about food because everyone has their own kind of relationship and own passions about whether they're strong on crunchy or creamy peanut butter. <laughs> Do you ever interact, I mean not, not necessarily here, but have you had situations where you're trying to coach people through, I don't know what you call it, but food, um, well, I don't know what's the right term with that, where you have an unhealthy relationship with food or you know eating disorders, yeah. things like that. Have you had athletes that have issues like that that you've had to kind of coach them through? Sure, I think that's, um, it's a great question in anyone's relationship with food I mean it, it varies from person to person with athletes themselves I mean I think a lot has to do with where their own preferences lie and their own experience and what education they were aware of um, I think one of the challenges that most dietitians are facing today is really 
owning your own credibility and education mm -hmm. and kind of going up against people who maybe don't have as much education and are releasing harmful information on social media. So we being president at each of these affiliates, we're trying to combat some of those struggles and making sure that these guys are following evidence-based guidelines rather than just seeing what's on the media that can really uh, put a detrimental effect on their relationship with food. So yeah. I think that's one of the great things that the Giants are kind of ahead on the eight ball with is just giving them access to dietitians that have the knowledge and the resources to provide them evidence-based information. I mean, one of the great things about being in a place like this, too, I mean, professional athletes tend to be more disciplined and motivated than yeah. the general population. And at this level, you know, guys are mature. They've started, like, getting serious about their career. So I, it's probably pretty easy for you to get buy-in with, with a group like this. Yeah, I think especially, um, like, AA is a really unique um, area as well because you have, like, a lot of guys who are just two steps away from being at majors. Yeah. So um, you are – Entirely right. I think a lot of these guys have really strong motivation. They're really hard workers. And when it comes to anyone helping them, giving them some information or tips that can just be that factor Y of how they can pitch better or hit better or just feel better on the right. field and run better. I think they are really appreciative of that and they're super willing to kind of implement our nutrition interventions that we discuss. And they tend to be really in touch with their bodies just because it's part of what they do. What about when they're not here? You know, the meals that take place and, and with their living situation or their off days or even the off season. Um, how do you kind of help coach, I don't know if coach is the right word, but mm -hmm. mentor them into making the best decisions for themselves? Uh, do people come to you with questions like, should I do this or this? Uh, how do, you, how do you kind of deal with the off, off facility issues? Yeah, so they have their own autonomy, right, when they're home. Sure. But um, a lot of what we do is a lot of these conversations we're having during season are to help them be more prepared and have more tools in their toolkit and educational practices that they're implementing in their food choices when they do go home. So it's almost that we are building um, a strong foundation with nutrition, encouraging education. We provide a lot of visuals in the clubhouse to making sure that they see exactly what a balanced plate should look like. Mm -hmm. So um, it's hopefully paying off, right? Um, I can't speak on exactly what the off season looks like because I haven't seen an off season with the Giants just yet, <laughs> but it should pay off in the long run of them what they're learning now. They are able to implement it back when they go home during the off season and even for that meal that they're getting outside of here when they're getting their breakfast in because that's on a later day they're really getting like a lunch and dinner right, here. Right. So, what so do you have any idea what your off season is going to look like? Like, do you go to Scottsdale during the off season, or are you like free during the off season? What's going to happen mm -hmm. for you after the year's over? Yeah, so um, for me, I am contracted for the season. Mm -hmm. So uh, once the off season or once the season is completed, I become like a free agent, I guess, if you will, <laughs> and then um, and then next season is to be discussed. So kind of looks differently. I think we really develop really great relationship with the players that. Um, if they feel comfortable and they want to reach out with a question, I'm not going to ignore them. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, they're they're great guys, and a lot of them are so inquisitive, and they really appreciate having a dietitian travel with them. And um, I mean, I'm biased, but you'd have to ask them. But I think it's been a really great um, investment. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, to me, it was always kind of low hanging fruit, right? It's like get good stuff in, good stuff out, kind yeah. of thing. Um, I mean, one of the things that I think is really cool about this, too, is it's connected to kind of a broader thing that this organization is doing, which is sort of 
developing the whole person and not just the player. You've got the education programs, you know, the language programs, the nutrition programs, strength and coordinating. There's a lot of integrated, smart coming together. Um, does that? I, that's got to feel like a lot of support for you, and, and kind of exciting because you're involved in a lot of sort of different dynamics coming together to, to help these guys actualize, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, um, you really hit the nail on the head of even a different aspect that nutrition provides. Once, as a retired athlete, I, I learned very quickly that once your athletic career is over, you still have to eat. You still have <laughs> to learn things about nutrition, and that changes too in itself. Um, you're not, you don't need as many calories. You don't need as much protein. So, even helping them understand what healthy eating looks like, what balanced eating looks like for their overall uh, health perspective, I think is a really great payoff because that's something that they'll take with them once they are long gone after the <laughs> ten years in their uh, big league debut. But yeah. So I think that's it, it, nutrition definitely ties into a part of that and helping them be successful and uh, healthy individuals. Yeah, absolutely. You're right because that's that's a big transition in your life. That kind of post athlete mm-hmm. life where you keep eating like you're an athlete and then you've got other issues yeah. that, that you can deal with. Absolutely, more. absolutely. And they don't tell you about it, but I learned I learned it on my own. So it is definitely something that does occur. And I mean, nutrition is is part of our health. So if you can learn healthy habits now, later down the road, you'll be definitely uh, more equipped and have more tools in your toolbox to help you. Well, I, I want to end uh, just by going back to something you talked about, kind of at the beginning that uh, uh, one of the things the Giants do are kind of committed to gender equity and their hiring. Uh, that's, to me, I remember going to spring training maybe last year mm-hmm. and talking with somebody about how quickly you could like watch this change taking place that just every year there's more women kind of just naturally being part of the staff um is that something that's important to you uh as a woman uh, do you are you excited to be kind of on the on the spears tip of a real change in the industry yeah i am i'm definitely excited we actually went to um the hall of fame when yeah. we were in Bimington, new york and i think for me what was so pivotal about that moment of being there is you see all these women in baseball and they have a whole section dedicated to women that have started this change and that is so inspiring because it really shows you you're a part of something bigger and you're also a part of not only your own dreams but everyone else's dreams that also want to be here so i think it's truly inspiring to be the ripple effect in that change Uh and being a part of that change and also accrediting all the women that have paved the way for us to start this change so it's it's inspiring and i think being a softball player i think there's (laughs) a touch of or being any athlete there's always a touch of wanting to prove people wrong when they doubt you and i think also being inclusive to having women in sports um, is also kind of no different than that. Did they have Did they have Alyssa Atkins' uh, uniform on display when you were there? Yeah, they did, and they had her helmet. It was okay. It was really a cool experience. So, well, I I can't thank you enough for taking a little time to talk with me. Like I say, this is a real area of interest for people. Um, you know, kind of how these guys are developing, not more than just hits and pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really great change in the industry these days, and it's it's great to see you here every day and. and helping take part in that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's great. And I hope that the Giants um, continue to provide these guys with the best changes and uh, opportunities for them to be not only great athletes on the field, but also great human beings off the field as well. <laughs> 
Well, thanks very much, and uh, and and good luck to you. I hope uh, great success uh, throughout the year. Thank you. I appreciate it.